The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Jalen Nye, look at that. We've made it through to Friday, you and I together and all our listeners. And I have never needed a Friday more than I need this one, (laughs) although I say it every week. Looking forward to a weekend of uh, a little bit of work and a lot of relaxation. I'm doing a lot of relaxation after the last few weekends. Uh-huh. It's a relaxation weekend. I'm off to Drayton Valley to oh, entertain. Fun. Yeah, but tomorrow night. So I've got tonight off. I'll schedule darts in with my son. Uh, there's a hockey game, of course, tomorrow. There really wasn't one last night. And then uh, Sunday <laughs> is nothing but relaxation. So should be good. I hope everybody has a great weekend. It's going to be uh, nice as well, according to Jesse Byer, going up above zero on uh, Saturday and Sunday. So the moons have aligned for us all here in Edmonton. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Well, hope you're having a great Friday and hope you have a, a nice weekend planned ahead. I think a lot of folks are probably maybe starting if they haven't already finished it or started it. Uh, their Christmas shopping. Maybe you're putting Ugh. your Christmas tree up, your Christmas decorations this week I went and bought uh, new vans a new van the shoes I went and bought new sneakers oh vans yeah yeah the sneakers yeah they're very popular right now yeah they're being hip yeah like cool kids. well I'm trying to be hip uh, so I was at Southgate and I had to go there anyways because I was taking out a little uh, American cash for my Vegas adventure in a couple of weeks and while in the store yeah. it was so busy and I said to the uh, sales lady well you're busy today and everybody behind the counter laughed. And I don't know if it was the delivery, but it's they've been seeing Christmas shopping for weeks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, there are some people that have had their Christmas shopping done since, I don't know, July. I don't even know why. Oh. When do you start? Because uh, well, seriously, I started about a week before. No, I'll probably start this weekend or next really? week sometime. Yeah, but I've got to get In person or online? In person. Mm. I don't do a whole lot of online shopping, but I'll probably do it um, in the next little bit because I've made a promise myself this year to get all the stuff that needs to go back to Ontario out by December 12th. What are you doing? I was just about to ask, who are you buying for? You're shipping stuff out east? Yeah, my mom, my dad, my stepmom, my stepdad. They'd appreciate a phone call instead. No, my brother, my sister-in-law, my niece, my nephew. I don't even, I have not sent anything to any family members outside of... You don't like your family. I I like my family. Yeah. You don't have much of a relationship with one. I do. (laughs) Well, she just said that. Um, you're you're right, but I mean they don't send me gifts. We don't wish each other happy birthday. Uh, we don't hate each other or anything. You, don't, you barely talk to each other all year. True. So that's right. Although I think about them from time to time. Yeah. Um, but I, my sister-in-law has yes. been Snapchatting me all day because mm. my niece is playing in the Northern Ontario basketball tournament. Can she? Uh, can Sudbury? you get me carbon uh, copied in on that? <laughs> Do you know down the road, people? Uh, there's going to be kids who are like, "Hey, what does CC stand for?" And you'll say carbon copy. They'll go, like, "What's what? carbon?" Um, I buy for my wife. That's the only person I have to buy for. And you know what? I'm even going to call a little bit of a, you know what on that Why? one because. Oh, Andrew. What? No, go you ahead. buy for your wife. I do buy. What do you say? I don't have a shopper that does it. Okay. Andrew. Is this about you picking out? Your daughter does. No. Oh, come on. You are, you are bold-faced. 
space lying right now. All right, so listen, you be the judge. If my daughter... It doesn't count if you say, go. I, I want to get her this and her daughter go gets it, you have to go get it. Yeah, yeah. If my no, daughter... Andrew, you, if you my forget daughter the sends last me number a, of question, uh, Christmas. Shut up. If my daughter <laughs> sends me a text with a picture of what I'm supposed to be buying, uh, directions for where to, to go, and uh, I go and get it, that's shopping for my wife, right? I'm just trying to get the right gift. Mm. So, yeah, sometimes... Sure, Maddie does that. Here's what typically happens. Maddie tells me what to buy for Carol, and then Hunter and I go to the mall. It's sort of a guy thing. We pick a Saturday, and we just do it. And so I'm I'm buying for my wife. Uh, Hunter's buying for his mom. And the two of us sort of struggle together with it. And then we have a beer on the way home. Have you come up with a a great original idea for a gift for Carol this year? No. Okay. Do you want me to help you with one? No. Okay. Not, not after that whole attitude that you just it's pulled on me attitude. in live it's radio. It's just the truth. We've well, talked about it for the last number of years. Carol and Maddie go shopping together all the time. They're always, they're not always. I mean, but when they, sh- they oftentimes go together and Carol will say something like, oh, that's nice. And then Maddie makes a mental note of it. And then when a Christmas birthday anniversary rolls around, she texts me and says, it's up to you. But mom said yep. she liked this. Yep. And so it's not like... Carol doesn't write a list and I I go fill it or or I don't get Maddie to buy it unless she happens to be at the mall and then that's just being, you know, efficient. I, I think we actually had a conversation. Actually, I know for a fact we had a conversation last year, probably around this time, about this. And yeah. I said, no, actually, at least if you go get it, that's a good starting point. If Maddie tells you where it is and what it is, that's okay. But you still yeah. have to get it. You just wanted Maddie to pick it up. No, no, uh, whatever. That was just an anomaly. But I, I, I typically, I go, I pay for it. I take it home. I wrap it. I put it under the tree. I sometimes add marbles yep. or something to it. Too bad. Too bad. Look at the text coming in. People have memories just like me. Yeah, well, I don't. So I can't be held responsible for stuff I said this time that's last okay. year. Well, just, just believe me when I tell you that that's what it was. Okay. All right. Maybe last year was a unique situation in which... It's not a unique situation. You know situation. what? I do it's remember last year. years of a okay, situation. Okay, whatever. No, because Maddie hasn't been... It's been 20... As a toddler, she didn't two. go shopping. It's been maybe seven years. <laughs> Listen, if Maddie... Maddie will text me. I don't know why I have to defend myself here. Maddie will text me from a store and typically say, hey, I'm at whatever, mm-hmm. Sephora or whatever those stores are, um, and mom said she wanted this. Do you want me to pick it up on the Visa? Because she knows that's going to be billed to me anyway. So what am I supposed to say? No, Maddie. I want you to leave it there. No, that's that's. I'll get in the car. I'll drive down. You're right. That's fine. I still wrap it and I write the little card that goes with it. And like I say, I sometimes add rocks or marbles or poker chips to it so that if she shakes it, although I've been doing it for 25 years and haven't fooled her yet. She can literally, my wife's like, I don't know, has her superpower is knowing what's in a wrapped box. Like, she can pick up a box mm-hmm. that's I'm got, like... i saying that's not her only superpower. <laughs> <laughs> Tolerance is another yeah, one of her one. superpowers. <laughs> She'll shake a box that I put rocks in and, yeah. and not only know what the item is in the box, but the color of it. It's just... Mm. Weird. Maybe because Maddie Maybe because she told Maddie, Maddie told me, I went and bought it. Yeah, it all makes sense when you think it through. Mm-hmm. Anyways, to answer your question uh, or mine, I'm not going to start my Christmas shop. I typically, like I say, it's the Saturday or the one before that, before Christmas. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, Santa's delivery weekend this year, so you oh, might have to right think about too. that. That's December 16th, 17th, December 17th, hmm. December 17th. Okay, good to know. December 16th and 17th. Which is a good day. Um, 
So you might be tied up because I know you like to do the deliveries on the on Santa's weekend. I do. Mm-hmm. I do like to. I, I've never done so you, both. You days, might not be able to go shopping that weekend. Whatever. You know what? Maybe. Well, I was going to say maybe Hunter and I'll do the deliveries and shop afterwards. But Carol really likes doing the deliveries. Mm-hmm. We had a, like I've, I know I've mentioned this before, but we had just such a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. It was like um. It was like a, a, you know, what what do they call that? Not not an Easter egg hunt, but like a a scavenger hunt, right? Because some of the addresses don't sometimes make sense, and you're, you know. It's a new part of town, maybe somebody's not been, yeah. Exactly, or somebody filled the form out incorrectly, so you do. And we don't, I don't like to fail, so I don't like to bring bags back. So we do a little (laughs) detective work, right? But I'll tell you the best one I ever saw, quickly. It was uh, not uh, Santa's Anonymous. It was uh, Meals on Wheels. Mm-hmm. And uh, you remember uh, Graham Neal, my friend Graham Neal. Yeah, and he, uh, he and I used to deliver uh, meals on Christmas. And it was just fun. Like, we'd go out. We did it for years. Um, then, you know, we bought Global, and I stopped talking to the people from CTV. But he, we used to go out. and that was in the rules. It might have been. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, and we'd deliver these, uh, these meals. But the funniest one I ever saw... And this is all on Christmas Day, right? So uh, we pull up to this apartment, and there's a guy, and he's outside on the step having a smoke, right? And it's a big apartment, probably, I don't know, 300 units, but one of those big apartment complex kind of dealies. So we get out of the car with the meal and a gift, and we walk towards the uh, apartment, and Graham hits the buzzer, and nobody answers. And so he hits it again, and nobody answers, right? But he's holding a bag of food and a bag mm-hmm. of presents, and... Um, he says to the guy, uh, he goes, hey, what apartment are you in? And the guy goes, uh, what apartment are you looking for? And he goes, 17. He goes, yeah, I'm in 17. <laughs> and Graham, I swear to God, because Graham is so, I don't want to say naive. He's just so, he's so pure that I don't think he's ever told a lie or heard one. So the guy says, yeah, I'm in 17. He goes, oh, okay. And I say to the guy, well, what's your name? And Graham says the name. I go, what's your name? It's like Bob Smith. He goes, yep, I'm Bob Smith. He goes, well, Merry Christmas, Bob, and hands him the packages. And I thought, it always made me laugh because I sort of thought, you know what, Bob Smith probably did need those. I mean, he's we yeah. brightened Bob Smith's day. I'm just wondering, you know, where the real Bob Smith, like what happened to his day? Although he wasn't home, so we couldn't have left it anyway. Well, he might have been home, just... Didn't answer the buzzer? Yeah. Yeah, Maybe. And then you gave his presents away and his food. I guess. Which you should probably should just come back, no? I don't think there was, like, new keys to a car or anything like that. I, I think know, it was, you know. but his food and Christmas presents. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, specifically for a guy with a wife and a child, actually, now that I think about it. But, mm-hmm. hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? The whole point of the, uh, all these programs is to brighten someone's day, so we, we accomplished that. Wasn't specifically the right guy, but who cares? <laughs> Spreading the love. That's what Andrew's all about. That's right. There's food for you. There's presents for you. Hey, I don't know what uh, kind of Friday you're having, but uh, how about this? Did you see this uh, Wheel of Fortune situation? Oh, my goodness. And you know what? From time to time, this comes up. Uh, and, you know, it's usually on a show like Wheel of Fortune. It's not like Jeopardy where you just didn't know the answer or you guessed incorrectly. Yeah. But this one, now the way Wheel of Fortune works is during the regular game play, and I know you all know this, but for those that don't, during the regular game play, if you land on the million-dollar square, you don't win a million dollars, but you get that square, right? And if you end up being the champion, so there's 
Think about the hurdles you have to, mm-hmm. to leave. So first you have to land on that square and guess a letter that's in the puzzle so that you own the square. And you pick it up and you show the audience and you put it down in front of you. Then you have to win the game so that you're the high score. So that's the second thing you have to do. Then you go to uh, the bonus puzzle, right? And you have to spin a wheel. And a, and a wheel spins, and then they pick a single envelope, which they don't disclose what the contents are. So that's number three. Then you have to solve the puzzle. That's number four, the bonus round. And if you're able to accomplish all of that, they open the envelope. So they had a special version uh, on. It Seems was, to know a lot about Wheel of Fortune, does Well, because it? it follows Jeopardy, right? So oh, typically okay. I watch Jeopardy, and then I lay okay. on the couch and fall asleep during Wheel of Fortune. Although I do like playing it with my kids. But um, So there was a grandfather week or something yeah. going on. And uh, you and your grandfather compete. So this this guy and his grandfather won Frank and Laurel, and they went to the they had gotten the one million dollar square, and they went to the bonus round, and they spun the wheel, and they picked up the envelope, and then up came the puzzle, and it was in the category of food and drink. Mm-hmm. And when I went to look at the video of this, of course, you know how there's a freeze frame, yeah. uh, you know. So when I went to look at the video, up came the freeze frame, and I went, uh, oh, baked zucchini. I mean, it was... No, and see, so you know what I did initially? Iced cappuccino for some reason. Really, eh? And, and then I'm like, oh, that doesn't make any sense because the letters aren't proper, but yeah. just where they were placed, I thought, oh, iced cappuccino. See, I guess, you know, like I yeah. say, I, I, I watch, I play all the time. You sort of remember, you get better at it that, hey, obviously it can't be that because C was guessed and it didn't come up Wasn't it like fried? Wasn't it fried? No, they guessed fried. So the B was already up, I think, and he went with... Uh, he, well, he guessed and just, you know, stammered and went uh, fried, you know, and the second word, finally, they figured it out in the 10 seconds they have or whatever, zucchini, and then they blurted out fried zucchini, but it was baked zucchini. Uh, so now what happens is when you get it successfully, um, your family runs up, everybody hugs, but when you get it, when you're not successful, oh, yeah. they, they still open the envelope to show you what you would yeah. have won. Of course they do. Of course, he would have won $1 million. Yeah. He had done all those things, the, all the moons aligned. And frankly, I mean, like I say, if you've played it at all, and in order to get on the show, you have to go through a screening process to show that you're going to be a great contestant. Um, you won the round against two other teams. You got So obviously, you're not bad at the game. Um but, you know, you can imagine on television under pressure and you know that you've got eight or ten seconds, whatever it is, to, you know, they they froze. So a million bucks. And, and the worst part is, even with the volume down on the video, you can hear their hearts break. It, it looked... Yeah, I'm probably also thinking, come on, how many people really eat baked zucchini? They do that all the time on Wheel of Fortune. I think they've run out of expression. So sometimes they'll have, like, the category will be expressions, and it'll be like, get your horse. And you're like, who, who uses says, that expression? Horse? Right. So baked zucchini... That's why when I, like I say, when I saw the video, I went, oh, baked zucchini, and then I thought... Well, it can't be that, because who eats baked zucchini? But sure enough, that's what it was, right? But yeah, a million bucks. Mm. And, you know, you could just imagine the audience's reaction, yeah, their yeah, reaction, yeah. Uh, Pat Sajak's reaction. Everybody just went, oh, oh. And then it was not a happy, and across America, I'm sure the same thing happened. It was a special edition brought to you by Aww. Disney World. Aww. As part, not as the part happiest of grandparents. Yes, yeah. the happiest place on earth. Friend of mine, Jonathan Wilson from uh, Thunder Bay, mm-hmm. used to work. Uh, actually, he works at the TV station at Thunder. Yeah, Thunder Bay Television. He actually 
went to the Price is Right. Where's that tape? Down in Burbank or, you know, L.A.? Yeah. Went down to the Price is Right. Made it all the way to the to the, the, the Showcase Showdown. Oh. From Thunder Bay. Made it to the Showcase Showdown. And he won the Showcase Showdown. Wow. Well, that's a nothing he but did. good news. Well, no, it is. It was all really good news. But it was just one of those weird... Because if you yeah. knew Willie... He's the guy. I think I showed you the picture when when Gord Downey passed away. Yeah. There was a picture of um, of a guy and Gord Downey pretty much holding on to him, like screaming, singing right into his face. Yeah, that was Jonathan. No way. The, the guy is one of these guys that just things happen to him. But yeah, he made it all the way and won the showcase show showdown. And I think, and I forget how it worked with bringing back the stuff. I think you know had to pay mm, obviously duty. some duty, whatever yeah. it was on it. But yeah, he's the only person I know that has ever been on a. On a game show, number one, a game show, but then number two, won the whole darn thing. There was a, see, actually, I'm, that's great for your friend. I'm sort of more fascinated by when things go awry, but there, yeah. was, there was a comedian, there's been several comedians I know on Jeopardy, and there was a guy, and I just can't remember his name now because it's been years, but he got on Jeopardy, and we, uh, uh, it doesn't matter, you'll not know him anyway, you, everybody, uh, but he got on there, and we know him to be a very smart guy. He's a really intelligent guy, and he just nailed everything. Yep. Like, he had a lead, nobody could catch him, and really, I think he was somewhere in the magnitude of 30,000, and everybody else was like one or 2,000, so all he had to do, bet nothing on Final Jeopardy, or you could bet 10 and still win, whatever, uh, he was so confident he bet it all. And got the answer wrong. Oh. And well, somebody else won with, I think, $1,000. He didn't really have the money to begin with. Wayne was his first name. I want to say, I can't it remember. It wasn't in the bank. Well, no, but it's that, that's just oh, it, right? I know. See, with the Wheel of Fortune guy, he didn't have the million dollars, but it was right there yeah. in, in a, two, a foot away from him was an envelope that said a million dollars. And all he had to do was say, baked zucchini, <laughs> and the, the B was already up. So it couldn't possibly have been fried zucchini, right? Uh, Wayne... God, that's going to bug me. My wife would know. Uh, you know, that close to winning thirty thousand doesn't get anything. This is not the same thing, but this happened to us, and I almost feel guilty in telling you this because people will think poorly of me. But when we bought our our townhouse, um, we were renting, and then it went condo, so we bought it. We were given the option to buy it. We were pre-qualified because we were already there. Otherwise, I don't think Carol and I would have been able to afford the townhouse. But when we got to the part where we were banking, we needed a co-signer. Mm -hmm. So this is a long time ago. So Carol's dad mm -hmm. co-signed the mortgage. And we went to the bank, and we signed everything up. And then we lived there for years. And... Um, Unfortunately, we lost Gary, yep. and uh, we lost uh, he lost his battle to cancer. And shortly, and we informed the bank that oh, by the way, our co-signer yep. should be taken off the mortgage because he's no longer with us. But by this time, we should qualify for the mortgage on our own. The bank phoned and said, um, "Well, he was insured, so your mortgage is paid off." And you, you're so you don't want to be you don't want to yeah, have yeah, a celebration, yeah. right? So. We sort of said, well, what do we do now? Like, we owe nothing on this house. Yeah. And all we had to do is bring the death certificate into the bank. Yep. So I said to Carol, here's what we should do, because Gary would have loved this. Uh, what we'll do is we'll, we'll take the death certificate in, we'll get the mortgage paid off. Then we'll mortgage the house to two-thirds of its value and give a third to each of the other two children that he had. And we we debated it for quite some time, but I said Gary would have wanted that. He wouldn't want one of his child, mm -hmm. one of his children, to benefit more so than the others. So we had that plan. So we went into the bank, and I've never seen anything like it. And, and 
she, I, I said, we're here. Here's the death certificate. And she flips open this folder, just flips open this folder on her desk. And she goes, yeah, he declined the insurance. And she flipped the folder back and said, is there anything else I can help you with today? And I went, what? You guys phoned us. And, and yeah, we were done. We were done. I was, and we were about, you know what I mean? Like you didn't have it before, but you had it for a moment. And then now it feels like mm-hmm. a loss, right? And and then compound yeah. that with the fact you just lost your father. Yeah. 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 Coach losing a half a million dollar, dollars in the exactly. lottery at Leduc, right? Exactly. You never had it before, had, but it still hurts. Uh, you still think about it once in a while. Engaging conversation with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. So here's one that has, uh, have y'all probably scratching your head about how this happened. It was uh, out of Detroit. And it's this crazy story about some police officers. So police from the department's 11th precinct had planned to conduct the raid of a house in their region. Uh, It was a drug house, they believed. Um, It was, uh, yeah, they thought it was being used to buy and sell drugs. But they were unaware, those police officers were unaware of an undercover operation being carried out in the home by police officers from another precinct. The 12th precinct, yeah. So it's the the 11th and the 12th, okay? So they bust in on the place. Oh my gosh. Uh, The uniformed officer confront a pair of men. Uh, First of all, on their way too, they confront a few men a few doors down from the home at the center of the raid. Uh, They were actually undercover police as well. They were forced to the ground, a (laughs) shotgun pointed at them. Uh, then the police acted on their search warrant, raided the home, confronting several more officers yeah. in the home without knowing again that they were officers. And there was fists were thrown. Oh, so at one pe- officers are like, "Don't, don't pull your guns." The other ones are like, "Yeah, I'm going to pull my gun because you're bad guys." Yeah, and uh, no, every bad. everybody's identifying themselves at the same time as police officers. The Police chief said, quote, this is probably one of the most embarrassing things I've seen in this department. (laughs) Uh, In fact, it's probably one of the most disappointing things I've experienced in my entire 40-year career. Just a major screw-up. And really, all they accomplished was arresting each other, basically. Um, They didn't get any of the bad guys. They didn't stop any of the drug trafficking. Nothing. Yeah, and imagine, you know, you're an undercover police officer, and you understand that your operation has just been blown, but you are a cop, so you hold that sort of bravado, right? And you've got another cop telling you to hit the ground, one who, by the way, probably not of equal or greater rank, and so they're kind of, you know, like, no, you get down, no, you get down, no, you, you know. It's like uh, the scene in Anchorman when all the news stations show up right. and start fight, start fighting each other. Yeah, so I so, thought... Yeah, got us thinking about... Right, like maybe we could have a little fun with this this afternoon. It is, after all, Friday. If you want to text us at 630-630 or call us at 496-00063. And what we're looking for is that big screw-up at work. Mm-hmm. Whether you did it, somebody around you did it. We've had stories like this before. There was the lady from the insurance company who was told to send... A a notice of uh, termination to an employee, but sent it to the entire corporation. Yes. Uh, something like that, where, and so everybody on a Friday night thought they were fired. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. I know this does not fit the same magnitude, but I got to thinking when I read this story, okay, so what's the worst screw up I ever had at a job? 
and and I think it would have to be Algoma Steel, and I think it would have to be. Uh, this is what happened. So I was a sales rep for Algoma Steel selling tubular goods, and I had been for a couple of years when you know the steel industry went into the toilet, yeah. and so they laid off a bunch of people. I was not among those laid off, but what I was given, as is often the case a bunch more responsibility. So I got a whole bunch of uh, accounts that I was supposed to call on, and one of them was a company in Regina that was not a tubular goods purchaser, but a sheet plate, um, you know, beams. They, they bought structural steel, that kind of thing. But they were huge, mm-hmm. and they were one of the uh, company's biggest accounts. So now I'd been selling tubular goods for a couple of years. I had had some experience in those other areas, but I didn't really understand the product. And But I thought, as a salesman, fine. I'll just go and you know make my sales calls and see the guy and make sure he's happy and he's buying and whatever. Well, I went to Regina almost within days of getting the account. And I walked in and I asked for the guy and I sat down with him in his office and we talked and he told me he was very happy and he liked Algoma Steel and, you know, great, great, great. And so once a month, if not more, I would go see this account and I would go see him and I never needed an appointment. And he told me that you're in Regina, I'll make time for you, right? I took him to lunch. We went to a hockey game. I can't recall who was playing. Um, I got him tickets to things. I did all the things big company salesmen do with their client. And after about two years, of calling on him regularly, there was a big meeting held in which the company wanted to pull the balance of their orders from Algoma Steel. They were going to go offshore with their steel. And my boss and my boss's boss called me in in anticipation of this meeting saying, how did you not see this coming? And I said, I don't know. Like, I just saw him a week ago. He was totally happy. Yeah. You know, there was no problem. So I don't know. And so we go to this big meeting and we rent uh, like a room at some big fancy hotel and we had it catered and we were doing everything to keep this client. So I'm sitting at the table. Now I've got my boss, my boss's boss, and from Sault Ste. Marie, a senior vice president has, fo- has flown in because we're going we're gonna to make sure this you know, gets closed. And in walks the people from this company. But the guy is not with them, <laughs> which I'm just, hey, that's weird that he wouldn't be here. He's the chief buyer and, you know. So the meeting starts, and the this guy across from me, who I don't know, says, well, before we get too far into this, we should all, I guess, introduce ourselves. And my boss says, well, I think you know everybody on this side of the table. And he goes, well, I don't know this gentleman. And he points to me. And I said, well, I'm Andrew Gross. I'm your sales rep. And he goes, oh. And it's at that moment that everybody in the room realizes there's a disconnect here. Mm-hmm. I've been calling on the wrong guy for two years, and he's never mentioned it. (laughs) It turns out he's like a junior. I always thought his office wasn't very fancy for a guy who does the buying for all of Canada. But that's who I met the first day, and that's who I... And I called him by the wrong name, and he never corrected me for two years. And this guy was mostly upset that a huge major account like that got no attention from Algoma Steel. Right. He didn't know I was in talking to junior sales guy for two years. And then I had to sit through three hours of meeting knowing that everybody at the table really just wanted to take me out back and shoot Yeah, yeah, me. yeah. Right? And we lost the account. 
It was a multi-million dollar account. Your biggest screw-up at work. Maybe it was you. Maybe it was somebody you work with. Maybe it was <laughs> your one of your parents. Let us know at 4960063, the text line, 630-630. about the worst mistake that you've made on the job um, at 246. I see over on our texting yeah. line, shortly after the company I work for installed a new dispatching system, I deleted a holiday that was preset, but wasn't one that we have here. For three days, I shut down service for all of Alberta for my company. Nice. Nice, nice. Someone said I broke a... A police officer's ankle on a job, that was my worst, but there's no background on how it happened. So if someone tripped or, you know, an accident of a somehow, Jamie's on the phone. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Jalen. Hi, Andrew. How are you guys doing today? Good. Pretty good for a Friday, I think. How about you? Well, it's warmer in Calgary today, so uh, pretty good. <laughs> nice. So what? what's your story? Well, for years I lived in Edmonton and I did a lot of IT consulting in Edmonton. Um, I spent some time with WCD Alberta many, many, many months ago uh, doing work in their server infrastructure and their architecture as well as in their data center. Now, in their data center, they have this big red button that uh, <laughs> nobody explained to me ever. Although we got said, don't push this unless, uh, you know, the only explanation I ever got was don't push this button. Yeah. We're goofing around in the data center on a, uh, I can't remember what day of the week it was. And somebody had basically put their hat over the button. And we're all sitting there talking and goofing around. And I leaned back and, and hit this hat. And all of a sudden, the lights went out in the data center. Oh, no. I took out the entire WCB Alberta's data center in a single push of the button. Oh! <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was the emergency power-off switch for the data center. You'd think they'd put glass yeah, and why would over you, that. Why would they have that? Exactly. Just out in the open. Um, We're going to, like, destroy every file that we have. Oh, did it destroy oh, no, it files or just... It just powered, uh, cut the power to the entire room. Oh. And you know what? That's funny you say that. There was a red button by the grill at McDonald's when I was 16. And I was told, and it says fire. But I was yep. told, let the building burn down before you actually push this button. And, and managers all told us that. Same thing. Somebody just, I think their apron got caught in it and they pulled it. And yeah. It, what it did was fill the whole restaurant and the kitchen with foam. Like all <laughs> the way up to the ceiling. <laughs> we were literally well, swimming in foam. It took a week to clean it up. See, my mother, what she she also used to teach me, try to teach me how to read really early on in life. And, uh, <laughs> the first two words I learned to read was, one was me and the other one was pull. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I would have been about three years old, we're sitting in a McDonald's, and I, I look over and I, all I read was pull me. So <laughs> I pulled me. <laughs> I didn't wow. read the other portion in case a fire pulled me. <laughs> Red, uh, my mother was red-faced as she literally ran us out the door from that McDonald's. Not <laughs> the time I've ever been eating in and out of, out of McDonald's in my life. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Appreciate the phone call. Have yourself a great weekend. You too. Thanks, right. Jamie. Uh, your worst work mistake. Here's Jed. Hi, Jed. Hey, guys. 
When I first started with Harley Davidson, one of the guys had a Mercedes convertible. I was driving the parts truck. Um, I walk out from the front of the shop. I hop in the parts truck. I look in both mirrors, nothing there. I decide, well, I'm going to crank the wheel and I'm going to put it right in the bay there. And he parked this thing about a couple feet just behind it. And the right dual wheels went over his left front fender. So I go walking back in the shop, and I walk into him, and I go, Jimmy, I got a problem. He goes, what's the problem? I said, your car was in the back of the truck. (laughs) No, he goes. And I go, yeah, I go. And he goes, oh, my God. So the service manager walked. I was only 16. Service manager walked up to me, and he goes, Jed, he says, see the alleyway there? There's a bus stop at the end of that alleyway. So he comes out to look at his car. You make sure you're on that bus. Anyway, long story short, I didn't. I ended up working for the guy for another 15 years, but I'll never forget it. The look on his face when he went and looked at his car, and it was like I embedded this cube van into the side of his Mercedes. There you go. Nice. <laughs> Thanks, Jed. Uh, 6.30, I hired a hotshot company to take some supplies out to a well site near Nemeo from Edmonton. The next morning when he was supposed to be on site and never showed up, I called him and he says, well, I'm waiting for the ferry. He was in Nanaimo. <laughs> oh, no. Nemeo, Nanaimo, potato, potato. Yeah, yeah. Well, I drove to Slave Wake, or Lake one night uh, for a show in Cold Lake. <laughs> there was a lot of secondary highways involved in that. Brad says was doing a battery string change out in Athabasca, AGT microwave site. Long story short, knocked down the entire voice and data network north of Edmonton <sighs> and isolated 911 service for about four hours. Well, Jay, remember when I was driving back from Saskatchewan and I ran out of gas and yep. I couldn't get hold of the AMA? Yep. And I said at the time, I'll say it again, they totally owned it. They totally yep. owned it. Yep. A guy locked himself out of the office and couldn't get back in again, and he was the only person on call for AMA in Saskatchewan. Everything went through him. So for eight hours, nobody had roadside assistance from AMA in Saskatchewan. And like I say, they owned it when i we made the mistake we made the mistake well you know we're gonna have uh, you know we're gonna have a different procedure for unlocking doors uh, we're gonna have a backup plan but yeah i mean little mistakes can have huge consequences oh my gosh jeff says two co-workers backing a jet into our hangar mm. put the winglet of one jet into the engine of another jet Ugh. 60 million combined value, only 50,000 fix. Oops. Oh, my. And Aaron says, on my first day working at a private golf course, I filled a very expensive fairway mower with diesel. It took gas. I clean, Kelly Boy says, I clean upholstery. I've done it for over 30 years. I had cleaned this couch twice already. In 2014, I was asked by the customer to clean it again, got it done. Next day, got a call. Couch had discoloration on it that could not change or fix. Cost me almost $6,000 for a new one. That sucked. Huh. But it was fine the two times before. (laughs) That's wild. Oh, my goodness gracious. Keep them coming if you uh, if you have one. Those work mistakes, the biggest work mistake. I know my mom. I just remember it from being you know being a kid, mm-hmm. and to this day, I'm not sure I know all the details. She worked at the X-ray department at a hospital in southern Ontario, and all I remember is all sort one day all sorts of boxes of film came home, 
boxes of film. And I'm not sure if it was something happened, there was a massive overexposure, something happened with whatever. All I know was that there was all sorts of boxes of Why would she bring it home? Well, I could get it out of the hospital. Obviously, oh, it was a whoopsie, it was a mistake, whatever. Oh, man. Um, I'll have to ask her about it sometime. I just remember it as yeah. a kid. It was like, nope, don't touch that. Don't talk <laughs> about it. We're just going to move ahead. Just a couple of your biggest mistakes you made at work. I wired in equipment in my uncle's truck, forgot a fuse, lit his truck on fire a couple weeks later. Oops. Uh, my brother and I were smoking behind a farmer's barn, got it on fire. That was 45 years ago. And uh, the one I remember someone had said uh, an ankle had been broken. Um, uh, police officer's ankle had been broken. Didn't The rest of the story has now been filled in. He says, sorry about the lack of details on my RCMP ankle story. I drive tro- tow truck, received a call for a crashed motorcycle. No biggie. I've done this dozens of times. So I get to the scene and with bikes, you load them on what's called a dolly. Well, you have to load the bike onto it. You have to push them onto it. Well, I pushed it and a police officer stepped in the way and it broke his broke his mm. ankle. Bummer. All right. Uh, the three o'clock news with Eileen Bell coming straight up on the 630 Chet Afternoon News. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.